Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am C.L. Whiteside, the little man that could, the little man that would. And this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. I just wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you. I had an awesome opportunity to be able to go on the Version Bible app and do the verse of the day. And it was so many of you, so many that reached out with encouragement, with, with love, and you made a young brother feel good. So I, I appreciate a lot of y'all. And it's just an amazing thing to think about because it just reminds us that God can use any of us to, to be a vessel. And it wasn't something that where it was like, man, I did it. It was like, no, we did it. Because there's so many people that help you get in a position to have that opportunity to be able to share God's word with you. And if you haven't seen it, it's on the Version Bible app. It was September 12th. I was able to do 1 John 4 verse 19. We love because he first loved us. And how true is that? So I just wanted to say thank you to all the people that, that reached out and showed love. Now, let's get into our first world problem question today. We're going to talk a lot about women and what does it mean to be ladylike and a God-fearing woman. And our first real problem question today is this. What is the most important or your favorite characteristic that you feel like a woman should have? What is your favorite characteristic that you think that a woman should have? And do you have a favorite woman in the Bible? And I started thinking about some of these characteristics like loyal, um, caring, the ability to be honest, the ability to be courageous. And my favorite characteristic, should I tell you? I'm going to go ahead and tell you. And make sure you leave yours, especially if you're on YouTube, drop it in the comments. What is your favorite characteristic and who is your favorite woman? My favorite characteristic that I seem to, to be really just enamored by, and I think it can apply to anybody, man or woman, are certain women in the Bible who had this awesome humility but they still were like low key running stuff behind the scenes and they weren't worried about like, look at me, give me all the glory, give me all the power. They were more so like, all right, I'm gonna do this God's way. I can take a backseat, not necessarily get the credit like like some people would be trying to get and still make stuff happen. And the first people that I thought about were like Deborah and Esther. Now, I'm going to just leave it at that because we're going to talk more about them later on in the episode. But I want you to think about this. What is a characteristic that you just like, man, that is awesome when a God-fearing woman has that. And who is your favorite woman in the Bible? Instagram, Twitter, handles ChampionLife23. YouTube, drop it in the comments right now. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is, That's Not Ladylike. That's like my Martin and Shanene voice. The title of our episode is, That's Not Ladylike. And we're not talking about like burping and farting and talking like a dude. And because you don't smell good or you don't look good or you don't talk softly, that's not being ladylike. Now, you probably shouldn't do that, especially if you're trying to get a man. But we're more so talking about, that's not ladylike. When there's a certain way that you don't conduct yourself, especially if you are a God fearing and, and Christian woman. Now, last week we talked about being a man and what does that look like and, and what does that mean and what are some characteristics for being a God fearing man. But today we're going to look at what does it mean or what are some characteristics that we have seen in the Bible from God fearing women. Now, if you are a man, 
don't tune out this episode or, episode or say this is not for me because believe it or not, there are some characteristics that women possess, especially God fearing women possess that they're actually more Christ like than we are. And we can also be able to, to praise and glorify God for the women that we have and encourage women and give them their flowers for the characteristics that they do possess. So make sure that you tune in if you're a man or you are a woman. Now, there are five characteristics, five traits that I think that really are prevalent when we look at the Bible and we see a God fearing woman. And the first trait that we're going to talk about today that a God fearing woman possesses is she is caring. She is very caring. And I want to go straight to Matthew 27, verse 55. Now, when we look at this, this is a time when Jesus was, was crucified. Jesus was crucified and the women were there. And it says very clearly in this passage that the women care for Jesus's needs. They care for his needs. And it talks about when they started from and where did they start from. And just listen to this. It says many women were there watching from a distance. They were watching Jesus crucifixion. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of Zebedee's son. So it tells you right there, a God fearing woman cares for the needs. They can see there's something special. They can see when somebody actually needs something and then they actually care for it. They actually take care of it. Now, let's also jump to Luke chapter eight. Now, when you think about this, if you had some money in this world today, if you had some some power, some something, you usually going to make it to serve. You're usually going to use it to serve yourself. But look at what these women did in, in this passage. It says, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were there and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. So let me look at that. They named Mary Magdalene, they named Joanna, they named Susanna, and they said many other, many other women. All these women supporting Jesus with their own means, their own means. If you think about it today, if people get a little bit of money, they're going to buy some clothes. They're going to buy some shoes. They might try to have some surgery to make themselves look different. They're going to spend it on food. They're going to eat good, fine wine and dine. But these women supported Jesus. They supported his ministry out of their own means. Now, I'm going to jump to John chapter 12. And in this, we see that the women are caring again. It says Martha served the food. It talks about then Mary took about a pint of pure nard. It was an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. You talk about the humility in that, humility in that the ability to show love, the ability to, to care for her Lord and Savior. Now, look at the dude in this. This is Judas. Judas says, why wasn't the, why wasn't the perfume sold? Like, like why, why, why didn't we sell that? We could have gave that money to the poor. It's like, bro, you know, you didn't want to get that money to the poor. You want to take some of that money and do what you did. Because, you know, Judas used to steal some of the money. And this is this is mind blowing to me. It says that perfume, you know how much it costs? It was worth a year's pay, a year's pay. So let's say you make fifty thousand dollars. $100,000, $200,000, whatever you make. Think about if you took all that money and you gave it to the ministry of God or you gave it to God. Most people are like, bro, I can't do that. Uh, psh, 
I don't even know if I can do 10%. I mean, if I got something left over, I'll give it to God. But these women truly cared about their Lord and Savior. They truly cared about God. They truly cared about the ministry. And that's a, that's a characteristic that a God-fearing woman has. They are going to care for their Lord and Savior. They are going to care for the ministry. Now, something you got to watch out for, women especially, you got to watch out for the can't get rights. Now, sometimes that that caring feature, that caring characteristic or trait can be used in the wrong way. And some people can pray on that because I didn't see some women who are super caring, super, super caring, mess with some 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 ain't right dudes. And then they should know these ain't right dudes because the dudes have already shown them truly who they are. The dude is already, um, you know, maybe y'all got started because he cheated with you. And now you thinking he going to change. He, he's probably not going to change. So we're talking about using this caring ability for God fearing activities. Not when the dude is trying to get you to do something illegal or something you clearly know is not right. And you say, oh, he's going to change. Like he showed you who he is. So so you better believe it. The number one man in all of our lives, the number one person in all of our lives is Jesus and what he wants us to do because you know some people be hitting you with that get rich quick scheme like baby go ahead and do this i'm telling you it's gonna blow up and you you know it ain't right don't do it don't do it all right the second characteristic or the second trait that a god-fearing woman has it is loyalty is is loyalty to the to the right things now our culture and our society would tell you that you better be loyal but they'll tell you to be loyal to the wrong things they'll tell you to be loyal to a bad relationship. They'll tell you to be loyal because you know what? We didn't spend so much time together or we're family. They would tell you to be loyal to all these things that 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 matter to an extent, but they really don't matter. They'll tell you to be loyal because this the street code. Ain't no snitching. This is what you need to do. You know, you're my friend, so you're supposed to be on my side. But you're wrong. You're wrong and you know they're wrong. So why, why you don't have to be on their side? You absolutely don't. Now, what I'm talking about being loyal to is what we see with the women did in, in the Bible. The women that followed Jesus, the women in Luke chapter 24. Now, when, you, when I read earlier, did you notice it talked about the women were there at the crucifixion and, and they watched it from a distance? And I always kind of wonder, like, where were the dudes at? Like, where were the dudes at? Like, they probably were scared or they, they were on the low. They don't really get named. So it seems that the men were hiding or they were on the low. But these women were loyal. They were loyal to their Savior. And that's something that we can learn from that. Be loyal to God over everything. Be loyal to our Savior over everything. And when you talk about um, how did they show their loyalty, when it talked about them preparing the tomb, it says they were going to bring spices and they were going to do the burial process for Jesus. And it seems that they were way more visible, way more visible than the 12. Luke chapter 24, verse 10 says it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles. So they were the ones that Jesus and the angels had, had talked to and their loyalty allowed them to be some of the first witnesses, some of the first people to, to share the gospel and the good news with, with everybody. And a God fearing woman is going to be loyal, loyal to God loyal to her savior and that's jesus jesus now on this episode of that's not ladylike the third characteristic the third trait that we have to look at that a god-fearing woman has is the ability and the willingness to sacrifice to sacrifice now sacrifice for the right thing now you look at our culture you look at our society sometimes people sacrifice but they sacrificing for the wrong 
thing. And I'm going to give you an example. When we look at Abraham and Sarah in the Bible, Sarah said that her husband, because they weren't able to have any kids, could have sex with another woman who happened to be her slave servant. And she was willing to sacrifice her husband, getting some getting some from somebody else in order to have a child. So she really was sacrificing something. Right. But when you look at that, that was their cultural norm that she was following and she was not following God's way. So she was willing to sacrifice. And in our culture today, people would tell you, you can sacrifice or you can do what you want because. It's your body. So they say you should or shouldn't do something because it's your body and it's your choice. But when we look at God's word, he makes that very clear on what we should and shouldn't be sacrificing with. Now, a great example of sacrifice, a great example of sacrifice is Esther. Like Esther is just an awesome example. Perfect example of being beautiful, being beautiful and having brains and having courage and having the, the charisma and the humility. And the thing about Esther is that let's just recap a little bit about this. Esther's people, the Israelites, they were in captivity, right? They were in captivity. Esther pretty much won a, a beauty pageant and became the queen of, of that country, of that region. While she was queen, she's getting everything that she absolutely could want and, and she could need. And there came a point in time where her people were about to be destroyed and possibly wiped off the earth. So Esther has a decision to make. I'm sitting good. I'm in the palace. But I, I, I need to say something. I need to say something to the king who, who's now my husband. But there is a chance that I could possibly die. So you know what a lot of us would have done? Be quiet and just say, hey, I'm living good. I mean, I, I can't I can't help my people. I can't I can't do it. But Esther trusted God. Esther trusted God and she did what was right in God's eyes. And she said something to the king. And the people end up getting saved. Go read the book of Esther. It's, it's a great read. I told y'all to read it before, but make sure y'all go ahead and check out Esther. But that's a perfect example of sacrifice. She was willing to sacrifice her position. When you think about that was was like, that's 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 a lot to sacrifice. You the queen, you the queen. And there's a chance you could lose that. Some of us don't want to lose a, a paycheck. Some of us don't want to lose a friend. She was willing to lose her life, her position, her status because she knew that she was nothing without God and her people. So that's just a beautiful example of sacrifice. The next characteristic, respect. A God-fearing woman respects. She respects. And you're like, what's the definition of respect? That means to admire. That means to have admiration. But who are you having admiration or admiring? Jesus and his ways. Like, man, Jesus. Jesus is so worthy. He is so absolutely worthy. So you know what else that means? So that means if you have a husband because Jesus is worthy, that makes your husband worthy because God's word also speaks to us and, and tells us that. Now, so many times people are like, you know what? If I don't get respect in a certain way, I'm not going to respect you. If you want respect, you got to give respect. But when you look at the Bible and you look at God's word, a lot of times there, there's not God saying you got to do. You have to respect somebody if they respect you. He's saying respect them regardless. Love your enemies regardless. Do this regardless. Like I did this for you. Like I did this for you. Ephesians 5 verse 33 talks about this. This is God's blueprint for a happy home. Go look at Pastor Mike's sermon, especially for those who, who are married. He's doing a series on that. God's blueprint for a happy home. And he just talks about the, the, the beauty in or the fact in this of like, all right, it doesn't say if 
the other person does is it says do it regardless. That's a different covenant that that marriage has that a lot of things in life are we aren't told that, especially in our culture, in, in our society. Like it's like if they do this, then you can do that. But a God fearing woman is going to do it regardless. She's going to do it regardless. The last characteristic that I want to look at is being submissive. Woo. That word right there can ruffle a lot of feathers. When you look at our culture, when you look at our day and age, so many times women are told, you create the plan, you do what you want to do. If you want to dress provocative, girl, to get that man, go ahead and do that. If you want to dress like a nun, that's your choice too. You go ahead and do that. If you want to give him the cookie from the cookie jar, that means have sex. You can go ahead and do that too. You know why? Because it's your body and it's your choice. You create the plan. You create the path. But wait, if we look at this from a God-fearing woman's perspective, God tells them to be submissive. He tells all of us to be submissive in some form or fashion. And when you think about submission, what does that mean? That means confidently being led by God. And if you're married, a married woman, that means confidently being confidently being led by God and your husband. So when you think about that and you have this perspective, do you ever realize or just think about who else submitted? Did you ever think that there was a man who was perfect, who was God and man that still submitted? He still submitted to his heavenly father's plan. And I'm talking about Jesus. Look at this passage from John chapter 6, verse 38. This is Jesus talking. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So our perfect Lord and Savior, he can submit, but you and I trip about submitting sometime. But why does the why does the wife have to submit to the husband? God is a God of order, and this is something that he created. And we've messed that up with sin, but sometimes we get too caught up on that on that word. That's an opportunity to serve. That's an opportunity to help. That's an opportunity to be more like Christ. Jesus submitted. Look at what Luke chapter 22 verse 42 says. It says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus submitted. And if Jesus can submit, you and I can definitely submit. Now, I do understand that. A lot of times women will feel like underappreciated or undervalued because of how they have been treated, treated so many times in, in culture and society or even in the past. And because they've been treated in that way, sometimes that creates a, a chip on your shoulder that can go bigger and grow bigger. But when you think about this and when you look at the fact that um, that that our God is so good, and he has made us valuable because of his death on his cross and, and redeeming us and, and, and buying us back, we don't have to uh, abide by those rules. We don't have to try to prove our, our worth. We don't have to try to prove our value. We don't have to try to imp try to prove our intelligence. And if you look at the lives of like a Ruth or a Deborah or an Esther, when they submitted to God's plan, that took care of all of that mess. And they actually got elevated when they took that nice and, and that humble and that God-fearing approach, they were elevated. They were blessed. And that's just something for, for all of us to take into consideration and to think about that. Because I know a lot of times women here, you know, you can't do it humbly and you can't do it nicely. You got to be a bad 
You got to be Miss Independent. You have to be a mean girl in order to get what you want or to have people respect you in that way. And they don't want you to do it by being submissive. They don't want you to do it by being submissive because they'll call you soft or call you old fashioned or all type of crazy stuff. But you better believe you can do it because the Lord tells you that you can do it. Now, just think about like how and what's the importance of, of being submissive. Look at Titus chapter two, verse three through five. It says older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or gossipers or slaves to too much wine. That means don't be getting drunk on the wine or the bottle or any type of alcohol. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled, may not be reviled. And that self-control part is so key. Like, how can we be self-controlled? We can be self-controlled because the spirit empowers us to do this. And all of us can remember, all of us can remember, there's a reason why we can submit because of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. It allows us to see that God's plan is perfect. God's plan is awesome. And we can truly trust in that because we seek and we reap the benefits of Jesus's death on the cross and having salvation and being redeemed and bought back and declared not guilty because of what Jesus has done for us. Now, just to close this up, I want to give women some encouragement and some things just to think about. First Peter chapter three, verse three through four, it says, don't try to make yourselves beautiful on the outside. I know a lot of women feel pressure to do that. Sometimes women think about, man, I should get surgery or I should do things this way or I should do things that way to try to make myself look better. Well, look at what it says. It says, don't do it with stylish hair or by wearing gold jewelry or fine clothes. In our day and age, you could probably even add to that or by getting a bunch of different surgeries. Instead, make yourselves beautiful on the inside in your hearts with the enduring quality of a gentle, peaceful, spirit this is the type of beauty this type of beauty is very precious precious in god's eyes or look at proverbs 31 verse 30 charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised is to be praised and that goes for all of us when we think about respecting and holding god god in, in a high position because we admire and we look at all that he has done for us like we we can praise him. We we definitely can praise him. And something I just want you to think about, especially if you are yearning for more of this, you have to. You have to check out Amber L. B. Swenson's podcast, The Little Things. She is doing a series titled Who Am I? And she had this great episode on body image. She gave so many different facts, so many different stats, and it just was kind of eye-opening for me. And even as a man, I feel like I was blessed to kind of understand and to gain perspective, to understand how to love my, my, my sisters of Christ in a different way. And maybe maybe don't say certain things or maybe encourage them in, in certain ways. And I think if you're yearning or just have an interest in any of that, you should definitely check out that series. She has another episode coming out that's titled, You Are Not What You Do or Have Done. And it's just so much encouragement. And the beauty of this is that it comes from a, a woman's per perspective. And on this episode of That's Not Ladylike, we have to praise and glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he submitted to our Heavenly Father's plan. And because of that, we have reason to live. We have forgiveness. We have salvation. We have true hope. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of That's Not Ladylike. 
Peace Punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.